Good morning, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Today's date is November 24, 2020, Tuesday. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 19. We're going to unpack that first paragraph that starts with, None of Us Makes the Soul Vocation of This Work. And today's readers are, thank you for your service, Team Tuesday, Karen K., Nancy P., Wendy B., Marge E., Wendy M., sorry, Marge E., and our newcomer greeter is Allison L., and the host of our second awesome unrecorded hour, Maria F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, November 23rd, 2020, the 7 a.m. meeting is 15,835. That's 15835. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 15,836. That's 15836. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Wendy M. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Wendy. Good morning. I'm Wendy M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. These are our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service in our past. 
Thank you so much, Wendy M. Appreciate you filling in for us. I will now ask for Marge E. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Marge. Good morning, Amy. Thank you so much. This is Marge E., Recovered Compulsive Overreader from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself <clears throat> Excuse me. in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group watch should be autonomous except in matters affecting <clears throat> other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And um, thank you for letting me um, do service this month. And uh, I pass. Thank you so much, Marge. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's, speaker except, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. In the chapter, there is a solution on page 19, the first paragraph, and I'm going to ask Karen Kay to get us started. Go ahead, Karen. It's your floor. Good morning and thank you for your service. Hi, I'm Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York, recovered compulsive eater, and my credits do, do not transfer. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work. 
nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are to given to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can nearly give all to their time all their time to the work. And um I don't have a timer so I don't usually use three minutes. Um I was so excited when I read this um paragraph for the first time on um when I started working with others in um August. We're doing twelve steps in seven days and I'm that person, uh, if you are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can nearly give enough time to the work. Um, I'm certainly not rich by any means. I'm spiritually rich, and God does always provide for me because this is my purpose. Um, I found my tribe on a vision for you. I found my tribe that allows me to work with other uh, men and women to do the steps very very quickly and, and thoroughly. And it's, it's such a blessing to watch somebody grow from the first um, appointment to the next appointment. And it's such a beautiful thing to wake up early in the morning and re- receive calls from abroad. Um, and I can see where in the other paragraph, earlier in the uh, paragraph, the first thing that needs to be done is, you know, the food has to be down. And, you know, it never really was about the food as I see it today. But before, when I first came in, that was the first thing that needed to uh, stay down. And then the whole twist of the mind and the mental obsession was removed, too. And what and what a blessing that was because I believe God predetermined where I was going to end up after um, X number of years in, in program. And... Um, and I'm so blessed to have this. It's such a gift, and I want to, I want to be able to give it to people. I certainly can't force it, and I try to meet people where where they are at. And this this program has saved my life in, in more ways than one. And so that's my purpose. Along, I ha- I do have fun. I'm not all program. You know, I do my artwork, I get out, I go to church as, as far as we can now. We're getting into zone red. And, um, and it's just one day at a time, one hour at a time, and one moment at a time. But with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen Kay. Okay, so now we are going to open it up for shares. And although we value very much your experience, strength, and hope, if you shared on um, Friday or Monday, we ask that you um, let those who also need to share their experience, strength, and hope uh, go ahead in front. So who would like to share on what was read? Katie G. from Boston. Claire E. from the U.K. I got Katie G. and Patty from the U.K. Who? Claire E from the UK. Thank oh, you. Oh, Claire. I got you. Claire E. Polly okay, B. Polly B. Laura L. Laura L. Christine C. Larry K. J. Larry K. Harlan. Okay, I think we're going to oh. hold. All right, Vasa. Okay, I'm going to hold there. All right, forgive me if I missed you. We'll try the next round. 
Okay, so I've got Katie G, Claire E, Polly B, Laura L, Christina something, missed you, Larry K, Harlan G, Vasa O. All right, Katie, you got the floor. Hi, Amy, good morning. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater. You know, when I first came into the rooms, I had a roof over my head, food in the fridge, clothes on my back, money in the bank, and I had nothing else. And um, and that was a lot, right? So I devoted my life to this program. I did everything. I was on the phone all the time. I was at meetings all the time. You know, and I was taught recently that um, a grocery store that was always doing inventory is going to go broke, right? And so if I'm always at a meeting, you know, I'm Oh, no, Katie, we lost you. The, that Katie? guy came on, yeah. Okay, so uh, here I am. Where did I lose you? Or anyway. The grocery um, store that takes inventory. Oh, yeah, the grocery store. Thanks, James. All right, You're so welcome. if I'm always at a grocery store doing inventory and I never open for business, then I'm, I'm going to go broke, right? And so um, I have had a real spiritual awakening recently, especially with the pandemic, you know, I hear a lot of people saying with the pandemic, I'm adding all these meetings. You know, my big book tells me that a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. Perhaps my program is not phone calls, meetings, Zoom, more meetings, Zoom, more meeting. Perhaps my program is getting off the phone. Perhaps my program is getting off a meeting. Perhaps my program is having enough sponsees to stay recovered, absolutely. But then what about this life that God has given me? God has graced my life after 16 years in these rooms with a husband, with, a, with two daughters that y'all know were the grace of God, and I'm still on a meeting, I know, I love this meeting. We meet three hours a day. I don't stay three hours a day. I love y'all, but I can't because what this book is telling me is that my program, like when people ask me what my program is, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. My program is my life. My, these 12 steps are my life. And, um, you know, I have to tell you recently, I had to redo because I'm always in the steps, thanks be to God. I had to reevaluate my whole life and say, is this service helping my family? No, then get off the meeting. Is this whatever helping my family? No, then get off the meeting. There's no, like, I just had to really, really shift. And I'm so grateful because you know what? I'm an addict and I can do, I can overdo everything. I can overdo program. But this program sponsors the steps. They're meant to get me to God and to give me a primary purpose, which is yes, to help others but look at this life God has given me. So please, God, help me be of service today. Help me live program. Help me be the only big book that this family, that these children ever read. And um, I'm just so grateful to continue to grow and change and realize that the work is hanging up the phone. The work is in my life. And with that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Okay, Claire E is up, followed by Polly B. Go ahead, Claire. Hi everyone, my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Um, anyone that's on the line yesterday, I'm very sorry I got cut off and, uh, and then someone arrived. Um, uh, yeah, what a fantastic paragraph. Um, so uh, I think the thing that really stands out to me here is elimination of our drinking, of our eating is but a beginning. Um, and 
I've been an OA for, um, well, on and off for 27 years, and I've been abstinent for three years. So there's some really sort of discrepancy there. And, and I'm not saying I had no recovery in that time, because I did have periods of, of recovery, not as I describe it now. But I think what's really changed for me working this through with the big book way and, and vision way and the way I just, just am at my point in this life is, 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 is that that it's not about abstinence. I mean, abstinence is absolutely vital, but abstinence is not the end game here for me. Um, you know, the end game is is a spiritual awakening and um, and it is but a beginning. It's just the first but very vital step, but it is just the first step. And I really love what's just been shared about the demonstration of our principles lying before us in our respective homes, occupations and affairs. You know, I have to do what I say. I have to put it out there. I have to go and carry my service, my, my spiritual principles into everything I do. You know, we, we're not just sort of carrying the message. We are the message. It says that, you know, quite clearly. And, and you know, I might be the only representation of OA that anyone ever sees. And I need to be well. I need to behave in a manner that befits OA. Um, and that's not saying that I, I don't do service. I do do service. I do have sponsees. And I, I really subscribe to the idea of balance as well I, I also have you know three children I work um there's no way I could um dedicate more time um and I do sort of give quite a lot of my spare time to service and working with others um but I have to balance that with the rest of my life and the service that, and I can provide service in in that manner as well I can provide service to my family I can provide service I can give a service when I'm at my work and um yeah I love that balance I <laughs> made me smile I had a, a, a friend of mine in in the fellowship who always used to describe balance as that point she sees when she's stringing swinging from one extreme to the other and uh, really makes me laugh because that was me that was me and these days I do have more balance in my life I I I am um, I'm very very fortunate I have some beautiful sponsees and I have a lot of opportunities to carry service into the, the life that I've been given by, by my recovery. And I will leave it there. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Claire. Okay, Polly B, followed by Laura. Go ahead, Polly. Thank you, Amy, for your service and thank you everyone who makes this meeting possible. Polly B, a compulsive overeater, very grateful to be alive and recovered today. And I I laugh whenever I read um, the soul vocation paragraph because uh, when my sponsor was taking me through step step twelve, um, I was given a, a list of suggestions, things I needed to start doing, and I did. I was a very good student. And um, about two weeks later, he said, "You're doing too much." <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you do everything too much. You need some balance in your life. And I had no idea how to do what, what he was saying because I was a workaholic in addition to lots of other holic uh, afflictions. And um, so under um, very strict supervision, I began to learn how to stop. Pause breathe and pray because if I didn't stop if my mind was always chattering away whether or not I was talking with someone or doing something there was no room for higher power to get in and give me some intuitive thought which might have been to do nothing and so time became more precious and and this this season we've been having uh hasn't bothered me the way I think it would have in terms of 
being restricted because I've wound up having more time. And that's not only more time to be of assistance to others, but more time for self-care. And to stay in fit spiritual, mental, and physical, and emotional condition. And then when I can do that, I also can accept that I don't have to be perfect. God didn't mean for me to be perfect. And when I do that, I can be contented and cherish this life that I could not have imagined. And by doing that the way others did for me, I can be an example for others. Because there's too much, too little uh, imbalance problem I found is pretty common. And I'm very grateful to um, be in this program with all of you. And I pass. Thank you so much, Polly. Okay, Laura L., I think it was, followed by Christina J. I didn't get your initial either. Go ahead, Laura. Hi, uh, Laura L., compulsive eater from Pennsylvania. And thanks, no, everyone, for your Yes, thanks. <laughs> thanks everyone for your share. Um, I could definitely, the part I love the most is, again, we're talking about demonstrations of principles in our homes. Um, and I was told that none of this means anything until it means something to me. Um, and as long as abstinence and the steps and the traditions and these principles were just like this vague set of rules, it meant absolutely nothing. And the hardest place for me to practice these principles are in my own home. It's very easy for me to do at a meeting. But I love in the 12 and 12 where it talks about we're having this inability to form this true partnership with another human being. And then it goes on to talk about that we've never sought to be one in a family, friend among friend, uh, worker among worker, um, and that we didn't know of true brotherhood. Um, and in the vision for you, the chapter, it says that we'll know a loneliness of, that only few will. Um, and there is a... Uh, uh, this letter that Carl Jung wrote to, to Bill Wilson, I don't know, I'm not a historian, but he talks about that maybe the thirst for alcohol is not really the thirst for alcohol, that it's really just the thirst for that connectedness with God. Um, and in my third step, it tells me that, you know, I am the source of my, all of my separation, you know, from God and from all of you. And the only way out of that is through you. Um, and so when I set myself aside and I started to serve a greater purpose, which is you, a lot of things started to happen for me. Um, and these principles, you know, for me, you know, working these in my home, again, I, I didn't learn how to be a parent or be in a marriage, um, through good housekeeping magazine. I learned it in this program and it's not like you're selling it here or ta- even talking about it. Um, and you know, for me, my kids, you know, they, you know, and thank God, OA allowed me to bring my kids to meetings, screaming kids when they were little, you guys walked them in the hall for me when I was a young mom. I mean, it was just an amazing thing. But my kids, I kind of like to torture them a little bit. And, and I use these, I use this in my own home. I mean, well, I'll do a 10-step a a nightly review with my 10-year-old, uh, sorry, 11-step review with my 11-year-old who's jumping on the bed and firing pillows at us. You know, were you selfish? Yeah, mama was. You know, I didn't pass the ball to this kid at soccer because he made me mad at school. Were you just like, yeah, I snuck into Brandon's room. I sold this, you know, Halloween candy. Were you afraid? Yeah, mom, I was. When I turned on the news and I saw the Sandy Hook shooting and these kids died. You know, my heart, I couldn't even believe, like, what comes out of these kids' mouths. You know, I'll put my teenagers to freaking inventory. That's how annoying, you know, they annoy me. <laughs> but when that whole thing happened with the Sandy Hook thing, you know, what was I going to do to remove this fear from my kids? What we did was 26 random acts of kindness for 26 
people that died, these children and these teachers. And we went and we stacked bubble gum machines with quarters. And we had to, I made my kids walk out of the store and not turn the machine to get the candy. And I made them put shopping carts away and do all these random acts of kindness and, and um, things that, you know, we stacked meters in downtown shopping and, and did all of these things. Um, and it erased their fear. And I didn't have to do it for them, that God did that for them. Um, and th- that's what I just love about this program. And I'd rather be embarrassed in front of my kids for some of the things I asked them to do than be embarrassed in front of God when he asked me, what did you do with your kids, Fine. your husband, your family? So for me, this program absolutely works, and you can work it even with your children. So thank, thank you. Amen to that, Laura. Thank you so much for your share. All right. Christina, your turn, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Christina Jay from the state of Washington here, uh, Pacific Standard Time, recovered today. Uh, we feel that an elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. You can't give what you haven't got. You can't give what you don't practice. And this is, this is me today. Um, today's my birthday. I shared that on Sunday. I'm giving great thanks for being abstinent today. And having complete complete neutrality around the food, which is a miracle. I feel like I've stepped ashore finally. I can't explain it to someone who doesn't have it. It's some kind of strange peace and serenity that comes. And this is what I get to give in um, the work here in this vocation. It took many relapse cycles. It took um, took what it took, you know, and each time I was a little bit closer to the shore. It didn't feel like it, but I was. So um, today in these principles uh, that I get to practice uh, and these character defects that are changing, I don't have to take things personal. And uh, I can bow my head and pause. I'm learning to do the pause. These are the things that help me to be the person that God wants me to be, to stay connected with this higher power so that I can be of service to others, to the people in my home, to my job. If I'm laying around walking in fear, trying to control the situations ahead of me and uh, trying to figure out ways to manipulate what I did in the past, I'm not going to be able to be of service to others. So the, the elimination of the drinking is just a beginning. And when it really left me, over four months ago now, a little over four months ago, I knew it. There was something in me that knew that was my last debacle with the food and that I was on my way. And I can't tell you the miracles that have happened since then. And they're not like these big, giant miracles. Uh, living in the sunlight of the spirit isn't like some big, booming, hey, get up, it's it's happy time, da 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 it's another day. I don't feel that. It's just this calm neutrality, this calmness. And there are challenges, don't get me wrong. There are challenges, but now I have a set of tools and a set of steps to work them with, and I have my Godfellows in skin. And um, so this is why I can be of total service now. Before when I sponsored it, I don't really feel like I was totally abstinent. Sure, I was I was neutral around the food somewhat, still playing with my abstinent foods. I had no idea yet of what this really meant. But now I know that it's a complete elimination of the drinking, and it's just the beginning, and it's a beautiful journey. I can't tell you till you get there. You've got to experience getting to that other shore. And I'm so grateful to be sponsoring and to be totally available on all levels to my sponsees. And thank you, guys. I love you all, and I pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. Larry, 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 you're up. Yay, Amy, I put down the needle. 
and now I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm hanging out. Um, yeah, uh, so it does talk about yeah. We, we put down that that needle and we put on a nice nice tie and a nice shirt. And we look we look all spiffy and we've arrived, right? No, that's that's not what it is, right? You know, when when my internal dialogue consists of of like all the shoulds and the shouldn'ts of of blaming and accusing. Uh, th- then I was arguing with what is, you know, arguing with 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 that which which already is the case, <laughs> and 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 when I make life the enemy, it's as if life says to me back. It says, "Well, war is what you want, Larry. Uh, war is what you're going to get." And and that resistance uh, uh, kept me stuck. And my external reality, you know, the external reality, which always reflects back to me my internal state, it was experienced as hostile. So the question really is, is am I treating the steps as no more than a means to an end? Because those who recover are not treating the elimination of food and the working of the steps as merely a means to an end. If I am, and I did, then perhaps I'm making the program of spiritual action into another enemy. And here's the thing about having an enemy. I don't know about you, but when you, when you have a good enemy, you know, my purpose then becomes to defeat the enemy. Don't, don't look for any waving of white flag. You, you know, look for my knife. I got my knife and my gun out and I got my fork out. And, you know, my ego needed to be dethroned. And that's what this process does. It's just the beginning when I put down the, uh, the, the fork and the gun. The seeing of this dysfunction is really the arising of the presence of my creator. The moment I begin to see this dysfunction, it begins to dissolve. And with the seeing, uh, God gives me the power of choice, the choice of saying yes to the actions necessary to experience this transformation. It's no longer the enemy. I lay down the weapons. And I need to, to, to look very carefully to find out if my spiritual search is just another disguised form of ego. In other words, if I'm too focused or on reaching a goal or attaining something or being celebrated, look at me world, you know, this becomes the greatest hindrance to allowing the spirit to reach me and to begin to flow within me. And why is that? Perhaps it's because I become preoccupied with past and with future and I'm fixated on getting an outcome. So there's an unwillingness to be one with life and to live in alignment with, with, the God, with God in the present moment. Um, I don't need to put, I'll just say, wrapping up, Amy, I don't need to put the food down yesterday or tomorrow. The only opportunity I have is to put the food down today. Um, I don't need to work the steps yesterday or tomorrow. That's an illusion. I just need to get to, to work on them today. And, and am I living my life as a series of yesterdays and tomorrows, or am I present today? That's my only true reality. Very grateful for this program for you guys. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry. Hey, Harlan, it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Harlan. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, and thanks for your service. I also want to say a happy birthday to Christina. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. This paragraph clears up something that I lived under the delusion of when I first came in. And the delusion that I lived under was, 
I'm going to lose the weight. And I'm like Larry said, and like a bunch of you said, I'm bouncing. I'm out of here. Because when I lose the weight, I'll be cured, right? When I lose the weight, everything will be okay. And the reason that I believe that is because I have been told that from the time I was three years old. Lose weight and everything will be okay. Lose, you hear that enough. Lose weight and everything will be okay. And you hear that enough and suddenly you start to internalize it. You start to believe it. And when I came into this program and I read page 19, the first maybe 500 times I read it, it didn't sink in. And then all of a sudden it sunk in. And what it means to me is putting the food down is not the end result and the, the final destination. It is a beginning. And putting the food down is a prerequisite for everything else but everything else has to be attended to. This has to be the number one thing in my life without exception. Yesterday, I was at a meeting on Zoom and we were reading the story called He Sold Himself Short. And in the story, He Sold Himself Short, the story of Earl Treat who brought AA to Chicago. He dresses in some underwear, he puts on socks, it's February in Chicago, which is bitterly miserable and cold. He walks four blocks to a cab stand, sells the cab driver onto taking him to get him liquor. He has no money, so the cab driver has to front him the money for not only the fare of the cab, but the liquor. And he puts in, I'm a good salesman. And he goes back home and his wife can't understand why he's so drunk. We practice this disease to the best of our ability. We did everything we could to practice this disease. We left no stone unturned. There was no calling greater than the obsession of the food, than the, than the acquisition of the food. And now I'm called upon to approach the recovery with the same verb, the same energy, the same uh, uh, energy, the same everything as I approach the disease. This has to be the number one thing in my life without exception. Anything I put in front of this, I'm going to lose. I have a progressive, per permanent progressive fatal disease. And every day I must do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more to stay ahead of it because God's going to hold my hand, but I have to do the work. And as long as I practice the principles, what are the principles? The principles are the steps. In all my affairs, I'm going to be okay. When I start to let up and say, well, I've lost weight while well, I'm abstinent, I'm okay? No. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan. Before we move on to Vasa, I just want to remind folks that we are on page 19, unpacking that first paragraph, one paragraph only. And I'm going to take some names after Vasa. Okay, Vasa, oh, please go ahead. Thank you. Can I be heard, Amy? Yes, very well. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered from Possible Vida, calling from Florida, from Port Charlotte, Florida. This is a wonderful reading. We feel that elimination of our drinking of food, putting the food down is but the beginning 
And for me, <laughs> that was the most important at the beginning because I've been, again, uh, dealing with the, my food addiction for many, many, many years. And everything I did, I could not put it down. Finally, I was led in the 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous and was given this book. So grateful. I'm so grateful that I found the solution to my problem because I didn't know what my solution was. I kept on looking looking, and I couldn't find it. Finally, I found it here. But what I heard at the beginning, yeah, my program is still number one today. It's my higher power and the program, the 12 Steps, my my number one. I wouldn't be alive today or I wouldn't have the life that I have today if I didn't do this, uh, follow the directions in the big book. And um, uh, at the beginning, I was going to lots of meetings. I was going to step meetings. Uh, I was being sponsored. I was beginning to sponsor people, and my sponsor, like I, I heard that. How can I sponsor other people if I didn't? If I don't have, if I didn't get it yet, how could I sponsor other people? So for me, I need to put the food at food down first, and then do a little sponsoring here and there. And my family started complaining. I was going out to meetings at nighttime, and the meetings were sometimes half an hour away, you know, but I had to, you know, it's, I had to take care of myself in spite of everybody getting mad at me. And then I started finding day meetings and I took my little son with, that was three years old with me and that was great. And my family didn't complain I was going out. So, but anyways, um, this is, uh, I heard, put the food down, clean house, help others. I was just going to lose my weight. I was looking for the scales when I went to my first meeting. There was no scales, nothing what I had gone before at places. And um, and I was going to leave. Yeah, once I lose the weight, I'm just going to leave. Well, I kept on hearing, if we don't work the steps the way they're laid out, I would go back to the food. And I never, never want to ever, ever go back to the food, and I have a balance today. It's not even a problem. I don't even think about the food. It's so neutral today. But anyways, I I love to help others that want it, want to work on it. I have a neighbor. I gave him the number. That's my time. I'll, I'll wrap it up. I gave my neighbor then, you know, the vision for your number about a week ago. I don't know whether he's listening or not. I gave it to another member back home in Massachusetts. I don't know if they're listening or not, but I deliver it. It's up to them to do whatever they want to do with. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, so we have time for some more shares here. I'd love to hear from you if you haven't shared in two days. So if you could give me your name. Prue M. What was that, Prue M.? Uh, Phil, short for Philomena. I'm sorry, Philomena? Okay, Philomena M. Okay, who else? There's someone, but they can hardly hear you. Oh, Pete. Gotcha. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. All right, who else? Don't be shy. Okay. Jason. Sandy C. Sandy C. Yes. Got it, page, please. Page 19, first paragraph. 
I have room for another. All right. Well, we've got a great group here. Philomena, Pete B, Jason K, Sandy C. All right, go ahead. Philomena, you're up. Hi. Uh, my name is Philomena, Phil for short. Um, uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for hearing me. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland. Um, and this uh, paragraph is, is very powerful. It's not a vocation, the work it says, but it is wonderful work. Uh, today I'm feeling sad and happy. I've uh, just completed step 12. Well, my sponsee has just completed step 12. Um, and um, I've just started working with a new, very willing sponsee. Uh, she's willing as well. It's great. And recently through Zoom, um, I have added another meeting um, each day. And it's at 7 a.m. Uh, our time. And it's absolutely wonderful. I love it. So I used to think people who did 90 meetings in 90 days were crazy, obsessive. And I find I'm doing double that. <laughs> um, however, just recently, my daughter and my granddaughter have, have moved in uh, with me uh, just, just temporarily for a while. So what I'm finding is I'm finding it hard to give up this early bird meeting. Um, and this morning I tried to listen to it and to help them get ready and organized to go out to my daughter's work and my granddaughter's school. But I, I found myself, you know, that was distracted. And I found myself thinking, what message did that give to them? And I think it might have told them you're not important to me. So um, I, I really need to ask myself, can I do my work without intruding too much into our time together? Uh, they deserve to know that they are important to me because they are. Um, yeah, I was reading a story uh, today out of the big book, and it was a chap who had lost a lot of years with his family, and he was brokenhearted about it. And I've lost enough special time uh, with my daughter and granddaughter, and I don't want to lose any more. I definitely will do what I need for my recovery. I will connect daily with my higher power. I need to connect with my OA fellows, which I do, thank God, this way, and um, through phone calls. I will continue to work with steps 10, 11, and 12, and I will make sure that I look after my beautiful family's needs as best I can too. Um, not forgetting, of course, the importance of good self-care, which I don't think is selfish at all, but it's foundational, because if I'm burned out, I'm no use to anyone. So I'm delighted with the program. I'm delighted for my part in it. And I'm delighted that HP is giving me guidance um, through through this book and through the shares as well. Thank you all very much for being part of this journey. Everybody on the line, whether they share or not, is part of it. So um, if I need to, I'm going to rest in my higher power's arms. And I'm going to be so grateful that I do have the luxury of resting when I need to as well. So thank you very much for that. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Phil. Appreciate you. Okay, Pete B., you're up, please. Thank you, Amy. Uh, this is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm assuming you can hear me okay. If you can turn up your volume just a tad, it would probably help if you've got that. I don't know if Option. I can, but I could take it off of my uh, headphone. How's that? Any better? Perfect. That's great. Good. 
So, yeah, so thanks so much. I heard so many good things in the, uh, you know, the initial shares, right? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll notice again, like this is the second time in our reading that it talks about the emphasis of, of uh, working, these in, uh, w- uh, working these principles in all our, or practicing these principles in all of our affairs, right? The first time was on page, on the bottom of page 14 in Bill's story. And, you know, it's interesting how, you know, there, we talk about my program, my program. There, there's, there's no Pete's program, right? There's no A Vision for You program. There's a 12-step recovery program that's clearly outlined in this book. And the 12-step recovery program, the, the, you know, which is spiritual in nature, is only in place to enable me to connect to the God of my understanding, to connect with the source and the solution to my problem, to all of my problems. You know, this idea of balance, you know, know what our book talks about balance, it says, yeah, we turn our life and our will over to the care of God. That's what the balance is, right? My, My life is my behaviors, my actions, my everything, my life and my will. There's no, there's no balance. It's 100% committed to turning my life and will over to the care of God as I understand God, which means that I need to be a demonstration in all areas of my life. There's, there's no program and my life. My life is my program. If my life is the 12-step recovery program. Right. I, I, you know, I fit in, you know, I, I don't know what people are talking about, what this has to be first. What has to be first is my re, is developing and nurturing this relationship with the God of my understanding. What it has to be first is being a demonstration of my God's love, my God's will and my God's way of life into every area of my life. Right. That's the balance. It's 100 percent. It's like saying, well, let me just separate my diet right from my from uh, you know i'm on a diet but on sometimes i'm i'm not i don't know that's a bad analogy but it's just it, it it's almost like saying well i could you know i could separate out my my disease from the rest of my life yeah i can't like like my 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 recovery absolutely depends upon practicing these principles in all my affairs does that mean i can't be hel- that means that means that when anybody needs guidance and direction I provide it when anybody I encounter right but most importantly the members of my household next comes the people that I the people that I encounter in my work my occupations my affairs in all of those areas I've got to be the demonstration uh, demonstration in the big book I don't know but it has to be a demonstration of my God's love my God's will and my God's way of life I can't separate that there's no balance it's 100 percent the relationship with the God of my understanding with that, I'll pass next. Thank you so much, Pete. Okay, Jason K., you're up, followed by Sandy C. Go ahead, Jason. Good morning. Jason K., recovered compulsive eater and bulimic um, outside of Philadelphia here. And, um, you know, this is, um, they say that, you know, we feel that elimination of our drinking is just the beginning. You know, I was mistaken at first um, coming to Overeaters Anonymous. I heard a lot about, you know, these tools and come to these meetings and, you know, if you don't share it, you're going to wear it. And I, I thought, you know, I just have to come to these meetings and get my feelings out and feel better and I'm not going to eat compulsively. You know, well, that didn't work. And, uh, you know, I, I, I circled the drain even uh, going to Overeaters Anonymous meetings for, for many, many, many years thinking that the, 
you know, the purpose of this thing was to stop eating compulsively, um, to lose the weight. I, I thought that was, again, the end all, the be all. And, um, you know, when I finally surrendered and something really broke inside of me, um, you know, we, I, I, I came at this with a whole different, uh, a whole different attitude. And, and that's when I finally got well. That's when I finally, um, you know, lost the obsession for, for eating compulsively. And the food took, uh, you know, its normal, natural place. Uh, and, and then I can kind of go about my life and say, you know, how do I grow in understanding and effectiveness? How do I get closer to my higher power? And, you know, what, what types of things did, you know, my, my God and my higher power, you know, put on my heart to do, you know, to be a teacher, to, you know, participate in athletics, to be a part of my family, uh, you know, to re-engage into the stream of life. Uh, and, and, and how do I bring these principles into all my affairs? Well, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problem. And, and so can I go into my work today and say, how can I be a blessing? Can I, um, you know, think of my mom and my, my, my family and my nieces and my nephews and say, you know, how can I be a blessing to these people? How can I um, be a meaningful part of their lives? Uh, you know, when I'm going into work, can I say, can I contribute? Can I make a difference? Uh, not just thinking, can I get as much out of this as I can for myself? And then, uh, you know, bringing uh, that connection in with other compulsive eaters, with other people working this work uh, on a daily basis. Um, it's, it's a great way of life, you know, um, and I think maybe that's the, the way to focus on it is, is this is a way of life. We have a, a design for living, a spiritual set of tools um, that can expel the obsession to eat compulsively, uh, and then we can go out in this world on a different footing um, connected with our higher power, um, changed irrevocably by that higher power, um, it, with freedom, you know, and be 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 a contributor. Um, so anyhow, that's what I would like to share today. Thanks for. Thank you so much, Jason. Okay, Sandy, you're up. Thank you, Amy. May I be heard? Yes, very well. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, my name is Sandy C, and I'm going to say it for the first time today. I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and um, that is, woo I know, very exciting, <laughs> but um, it took a breakdown, it took an upset to get that clarity, and um, today I can tell you that I don't have to be upset about having to be in an upset in order to figure stuff out, so yesterday I got caught in the flash flood, and I was so um, desperate to get a 10-step conversation about the self-pity I was feeling and the person I reached only had five minutes. So instead of taking one of those minutes to seek shelter, I stood out there getting drenched in order to have the conversation about my character defects. <laughs> um, and this paragraph just illuminates the conversation about balance. Um, but here's the breakthrough in that breakdown. Uh, so breakthrough number one is I'm not beating myself up. I'm not, you know, wailing on myself. My beloved, brilliant sponsor says the war is over. And when she says that, I hear put down the weapons. Like, stop fighting, Sandy. And then the next thing that happened is that I got the awareness, um, and this is this sentence, we feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. I got the awareness that I was food neutral. I did not, in the middle of the mess 
that I had created ever think, oh, some carbs would fix it. Like, I, it just wasn't there. It, it was a fleeting thought, and the next immediate thought was, yeah, no, that won't fix it, honey. Getting out of the rain would fix it. Getting dry would fix it. Going home and taking a shower would fix it. Um, and that sanity gives me the confidence today to say I am recovered one day at a time, God's grace, uh, you know, dependent on spiritual housekeeping and avoiding, you know, the buildup of human emotions, which is definitely what was going on yesterday. And um, just, you know, gently, ever so gently, one foot in front of the other, but stop doubting the recovery. Stop doubting that I am enough, uh, you know, that I'm sufficient. I, um, I am enough. I have, I have done enough work to make myself available to help others. I have done it imperfectly and messily and will continue to get better at it. And I'll get better at everything through failure, through learning from upset and um, and that's a lovely thing and as my son comes home for two months from college um, I get an opportunity to be a different person than the person he I was when he left for college three months ago and that's filling me with hope today and um, for that I'm extremely grateful and so grateful to all of you and with that I pass thank you Amy thank you so much Sandy Okay, so we have time for uh, another one more share. For one more share, a little shy of three minutes. Who would like to take us out? Melissa C. Melissa Melissa C. Yep, that's who I heard. Go ahead, Melissa. Well, thanks, thanks so much, Amy. I was going to be quiet, but. It's hard for me to be quiet. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, when I read this, I think, like, the the word demonstration, show. Like, like it's not my words. And I love, like, I love words. I can talk on and on and on and on. And my family has, has you know, bore witness to that. Um, and especially I was thinking about, like, early recovery for me. I just, um, I was so on fire about these principles that I had, like, discovered. I felt like I had, you know, struck gold. And there's a part in the book that talks about this striking of gold. And I wanted to, like, run around and tell my family about these steps. And, you know, like, my daughter at the time, she was, I think, about 14. And she came home with, like, some drama, something that happened during the course of her day. And I tried to like 10 step this kid. And that's not I'll just tell you that's not a demonstration. Um, That was that was these are these are the principles that I need to show my kids, I need to show up in my family. And it's easy. It's far easier to um, do the work with other compulsive overeaters. It's it's more fun, honestly, to sponsor than it is to parent, especially, um, you know, when someone is looking for help. <laughs> that's an easy, you know, that's like the, that's the fun stuff. That's like where we can be useful and people are interested. It's harder, much, much harder with our families, but that's why we recover. You know, I believe that my recovery is so that I can be a better human being, of course, a better fellow, but a better person, a better mother, a better teacher, a better daughter, a better wife, 
And um, thanks with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Okay, I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. What an awesome meeting. Thank you all. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today is uh, Tuesday, November 24th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 15,840. That's 15840. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So, Nancy P., could you please read uh, the vision for you? Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. sorry about that. Our book, is, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.